Well, good evening and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Badge. Uh, tonight we have a couple of special guests with us tonight. I'll get to those in just a minute. Um, unfortunately, we're missing Camille tonight. Um, his wife and, and he both got COVID. Uh, Camille's doing much better. Um, his wife was in the hospital for a week, so God bless you, Jody. We're saying a prayer that you uh, get better and you're feeling a lot better. I'm glad that you're back home now from the hospital. So prayers to you, and uh, we miss you, Camille. Wish you were here with us, buddy. Um, hopefully next show. Uh, to my right is is my number one co-host tonight, John. Moving up in the world. Moved up a seat, a little closer to the camera. That's a little scary, actually. Um, and then I'll, I just want to take a, a, a minute to um, speak about, I guess Daytona lost another officer, this time to COVID. This is the second officer they've lost in, what, a couple of weeks now. Yeah. So that, that police department over there has got to be just absolutely devastated. And uh, prayers go to all of their families and to all of the Daytona Police Department and their friends. Um, I just feel really horrible that, that this is going on over there. So, uh, all right. So without further ado, let's uh, introduce our two guests that we have. Unfortunately, they're on the phone with us. Um, I don't have them here. Um, I'll start with Dave. Dave lives out of state now. Um, he's a, a northern rebel, I guess you would say. He's in North Carolina. Um, Dave is a cop for many years. I'll let him go into his whole uh, repertoire here in a little bit, but uh, he was also a PIO and um, a sergeant. So, And then also we have Chris uh, Chris's work, actually Chris worked for me for many, 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 many years at our agency and uh, then went on to other agencies and moved around a little bit until he became um, disabled, unfortunately, no fault of his own. And uh, now he's doing the uh, uh, program that works with youth. But uh, one of the big reasons we brought Chris on tonight was to talk about uh, his charity, and I'll let him explain all about that. So without further ado, Chris, go ahead and give a little introduction to yourself and tell us a little bit about your charity, buddy. Hey, thank you, guys. I just want to say thanks for letting me on here, and I uh, really enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. So well, I, my wife and I started a charity called Warrior and Me, and basically what we do is we provide free adventures for anyone who's going through any type of cancer. Uh, to them and their core supporters or their parents if your children uh, or a family. So uh, what it kind of does is uh, lets them get a day out or eventually, you know, whether it be staying on the beach or something for a couple of nights, have a day or two to um, be able to relax a little bit uh, going through these hard times with chemotherapy, radiation, and uh, just kind of let them forget about doctor bills, insurance bills, everything that's going to come along with it. Because I know firsthand from uh, my wife who uh, was 32 when she got uh, stage 3 breast cancer and had a double mastectomy, a reconstruction surgery, as well as um, a hysterectomy, unfortunately. And um, uh, she did chemo and radiation. So we know how tough it was. And luckily, being in the Blue family and having uh, other civilians as friends, uh, they were able to get us out of the house a little bit. And we were actually able to decompress and, and not worry about some of the stuff that was going to be going on. So that's basically what we do is provide your adventures. Uh, we're nonprofit. We're waiting on our 501c3. Uh, if you check us out on the website, it's warriorandmecharity.com. And our Facebook is Warrior and Me Charity. Anyone can donate uh, cash if they want to on the charity account or someone has any connections and they have something that they can use for an adventure. Uh, that'll help us a lot too, as, uh, as well as helping the cancer patient out. Uh, that's basically it. We do several fundraisers throughout the year. Uh, we've had a few already. They've been fantastic. Again, it's uh, warriorinmecharity.com, and we just like to help people uh, going through cancer. And our motto is, and our slogan is, living the journey, fighting for tomorrow. So we want them to be able to also, uh, we have some stories on our website uh, to people who go through cancer, and we just want to let them know that there's hope out there to keep on fighting. That's awesome. And, I, and I've put the... Uh website i want to head to the website in the comments and it's showing now in the comment section uh for the video so please visit that charity give what you can it's obviously a great group of folks i've known 
Chris and Laura since the day they met and, uh, and have been a part of their life forever. And uh, I can't tell you two greater people in this world to run a charity than those two. And Laura has absolutely been through hell and back. And every time I see her, she's still got a great big old smile on her face. And she still gives me a great big old Laura hug. And I love it. And uh, that's amazing work, Chris. That's awesome, buddy. Chris, can I just ask Thank you? you uh, Chris, can I just ask you, how long has this charity been up and running? Just that, you know. So it's been about, yeah, I think it's been about three and a half uh, months now. Uh, we, we recently just started pretty much a few months ago. We got everything ready together. And uh, I forgot to mention, we are a true, legit nonprofit. So we have our board of directors, um, you know, five of us, and none of us take a salary. No one, is, no one draws any money. It's a, a true nonprofit. Everybody involved uh, volunteers their time. We're strictly volunteer, and nobody draws a salary. All the money goes right to the uh, cancer patients, buying a few little things for overhead or something for signs or something like that. But uh, we do not take any money from the charity. Well, yeah, you have to, you have to pay for your expenses. Nobody expects you to come out of that out of your pocket. Um, that's that's part of yeah. running a charity. Is you know you have to use some of that for for um, advertising, you know, for events, for everything else, so that you can you know bring in money for it. That's fantastic. You have something else, John, for that? I just want do you? It's only been up and running for three and a half months. Um, how many people have you helped, or how many? I can hear it. So we. So we've uh, we've helped two families so far, and we're waiting on approximately four or five more families to uh, process their paperwork. So it's kind of bittersweet because it's it's great to help these families because uh, we've been there, so we know how it feels. But yet, we, I mean, we love to spend the money to do that because that's what the charity's for. So it's great to do that. But it's like I said, the bittersweetness is knowing what they're going through and how much of a rough time it is. Because unless you're going through it or you're a, a caregiver or something like that, it's, it's really hard to get the full effect of, of what's going, you know, what, what the uh, cancer patient and family is, is, is going through, which it's really rough. Yeah, it is, big time. Yeah, my uh, my mother went through a little bit of that, Not nothing near what Laura did, but it is uh, it is hell for sure. All right, awesome. And, our, and stick around, Chris, because we're going to get with you with uh, some more stories and, and stuff here in just a few minutes also, so... Don't go anywhere. Stick around with us for a little bit. Thank you, sir. All right. Hey, Dave, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. You're you're not on the shitter, are you? <laughs> no, I finished all the paperwork from that. I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So Dave and I worked together for many, 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 many years. I I, I hate to say how many years because you know everybody already knows I'm old as dirt anyway. But. Uh, Dave was in the neighboring agency next to us, and uh, we were both on midnight shift, and it was great because anytime Dave's guys got into a bunch of shit, we were usually kind of slow, so I'd send him two or three people over to help him out, and if we ever got into anything over there, Dave would send us five or six people to help us out, and usually it was just him and I sitting back and shooting the shit and cracking jokes and, and making sure everything went well, but uh, every now and then we had to get into it a little bit, but... So, Dave, tell us a little bit about your experience and, and where you were assigned over there and stuff, if you would. Well, I, um, I've been with two agencies. I was with one in Seminole County, then, of course, the one neighboring you. Um, I was there for many, many, many years, and I, I pretty much enjoyed pretty much every minute of my career. I mean, there was a few times where it did kind of suck, but for the most part, I had a good time out there. I had a a good group of folks that work for us as sergeant with the workforce. Um, everybody came to work every day and had a good time, and we all went home safe at the end of the shift. But I can say, though, there were a few times, though, that uh, I'm glad you guys were there because we needed help. There many nights in our agency, we had all oh, 10, 15, 20 calls holding at a time, and, you know, there were times that we needed your help, and you were always there for us. We appreciated it. At least I did. Oh, it was always our pleasure, and, uh, and uh, old Mark, you remember Mark? Um, we we helped him out. We helped him out a bunch, and Pete, and all a bunch of you guys. I mean, any chance we ever got, we always jumped right on. But uh, so you, I know you were in charge of patrol for a while, um, and a patrol shift for a while, um, and then you uh, you went into a new position. You went into PIO for the agency, right? Which is public information officer, correct? 
Yeah, I did that. I kind of, I kind of stumbled upon that. I, the night shift was there, and I was a sergeant at night. Well, PIO at the time didn't like to come out too much, so I would just kind of call, say, "This is what we've got," and I would just go ahead and do it for her. Right. Um, she was a civilian PIO, but you know, I kind of stumbled on that, and I enjoyed it. I think I did a pretty good job at it, and then the position came open, and I put in for it, and there I was on day shift being the PIO, and I kind, of, I got a kick out of that. It was good. I enjoyed that. Well, I always enjoyed having you on the news. I'm watching you on the news. I thought you did a freaking awesome job, um, but I know there was there were some trials and tribulations to that position. I know it's tough. You get thrown into the media spotlight, and we know how the media can be a bunch of freaking hounds, and uh, you know they twist everything you say. But I know there was one certain situation, and we won't name any names. But tell us a little bit about that, Dave. You know, just kind of an overview of the situation um, without naming any names and then tell us how you dealt with the, you know, I mean, how stressful that was on you to go through that. Well, that was, I think it was the beginning of what law enforcement is facing today. And I'm going to say this one person name because it's, he was the president. Um, you know, he said a few things about the particular case. The president of the United States commented on a case that was going on where I was the PIO and, you know, you've got Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton and other folks that are on your doorstep of your police department that you would never have imagined that. Um, you're getting emails and phone calls from all over the world because people think that you're a racist and they think that you know, we're botching the case. And I mean, it was just, it was kind of a mess. You go to work every day and you got 500 voicemails on your phone, you know, four or 5,000 emails from all over the world. And, uh, yeah, it was a little bit stressful, um, but I think that our department did the best we could based on what was going on at the time, which is something that not many agencies experienced that, you know. It, it was pretty tough. Not back um, then. We didn't have all the stuff that's going on nowadays where it seems like every other week we have a case like that. Yours was kind of one of the first cases of this type in the Florida area, you know, that, that ever happened like this um, for a very long time. Uh, and I, I can't even imagine coming to work and having 5,000 emails and, you know, 500 voicemails and having to catalog all that crap and have to deal with that. Um, how did you deal with it, man? I mean, I know you weren't an alcoholic, you know, because I, I, I know you personally. I mean... I would say, did you step up? But you know that—that's just you, because you're like five foot two. But I mean, you—you—you you, you stepped up pretty good to do the uh, job. So. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. Go ahead, Dave. Say it. I'm just gonna say, hey, I might have to use a short urine in the bathroom. At least I can get into the bathroom. You fat ass. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yeah. I knew it was coming. Just stand outside. Yeah, just stand outside, take liquor, get into the damn bathroom. But you know, you were asking what I did to deal with it. Well, I, I you know, there was a lot of things. Like when people were to ask for certain things, those are uh, public records requests. So everybody that would ask for a copy of an email, or they would want a copy of a report, or ask for information about the case. Well, that is an individual um, request. We have to catalog thousands of those and respond back. Then we ultimately end up making a. Uh, a place down at City Hall where me and four or five other officers were reassigned to me to go down to City Hall and just respond to those requests for public information. And I don't know, it ended up, you know, Ronnie, I'm going to kind of say it was a mess, <clears throat> but it ended up they fired our chief. And yeah. during that time, they said, and this was our interim chief who was only there, I don't know, for a short period of time, he said that basically. Um, I wasn't capable of handling a situation like that, and that I could have written better words for the chief. I can't remember exactly what he said, but pretty much it made it like I was the speechwriter. I wasn't the speechwriter. I was just the person that delivered the messages. I didn't make up what the hell I had to say. I just said it. So that interim chief was a real idiot, and ended up, I ended up getting transferred from PIO back to day shift patrol. And a couple weeks while I was, I don't know, I was on shifts, couple weeks and I ended up getting into a car crash where a girl that uh, had no insurance, no driver's license, she was an illegal immigrant, um, had you just hit me, rear into me and I broke my neck in that crash. I was out for about a year and had to retire. 
that pretty much was the end of my career because of that case and also ended our a great police chief we had. It ended his career as well. It was a real short-lived career. He'd have been a great chief. For oh, us. my but God. I can't, agree, I can't agree with you more. Uh, Billy was one hell of a, uh, of a command staff for the sheriff's office, and I just absolutely think you're right. He would have been a phenomenal chief of police had he given the chance, been given the chance to finish his career there. I, I, what a loss. What a loss. Yep, I agree with you. And then, you know, kind of I got screwed over, and I, I think had they just left me alone, you know, I might have, I don't, I probably still wouldn't have been there. That's bullshit me to think that way. But I, I wouldn't have been there. But I would have been able to retire on my own terms, not because I went out to go out on a crash. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. That's what I was expecting to replace work, you know, but it, that is what it is. Well, I'm, I'm glad you made it through that, buddy, and I'm glad that you're able to function after that crash. I remember seeing you like a year later and you still were walking like a freaking tin man you know you're all stove up looking and uh <laughs> yeah. i'm really glad that uh and i i mean it's hard to imagine you know a tin man um five foot two tin man but you know i mean it's it i i saw it in person so you know it, it went it went well but um <laughs> so i gotta ask you a question then i'm gonna ask chris a similar question I seem to remember a certain event that was going down and you were on midnight shift and you're heading to the call and I'm monitoring and everybody's running code, hauling ass, and I think it was a shooting or something, and uh, you're, you're going, and tell us what you said as you were arriving on scene. Well, you know, whenever, for the people that aren't police officers, so whenever you go to a hot call or something and you arrive on scene, you want to make sure your, your radio, that traffic, the airway that you're talking on the radio is clear. Nobody else is going to start talking about they're going to go eat or, hey, i got to go to the, the station for a minute. We don't want to hear all that crap on the radio when you're arriving on a hot call. So you ask for traffic, which means that that channel is a limited traffic. So nobody else can talk. That way you have the air in case something bad happens, like you get shot or said you can call for help. Well, anyhow, I arrived on scene. I said, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm on scene. Uh, I need give me traffic but i i just didn't want to hear all this extra shit that they usually do they they make all these alert tones and go this big long dissertation about why the station is on track no <laughs> i just want traffic and i don't want to hear that beat 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 bullshit is exactly what i said on the radio <laughs> so they just said the station's on traffic and that's pretty much what i wanted and that's what was I, what was your radio I, what was your radio id number oh shit i don't remember uh Six, yeah, I think it was 26. Yeah, I think it was 26. But I, I remember it vividly, and it, it was like 2-6 two, two blank was the agency. I'm coming on scene, put the station on traffic, and I don't want to hear none of that beep, beep, beep bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, and the dispatch, they called me afterwards, and they said they were very shocked about that, that, that I said it, but... It worked. They didn't have that beep, beep, beep bullshit. And one good thing about it, Ronnie, is during most of the times, my lieutenant wasn't there. So as the sergeant, I was the, the watch commander. So I just told myself, don't cuss on the radio again. You know what I mean? I, it was good to go. I, I punished myself, and off we went to the next yeah. bullshit. Off we went to Denny's to get breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, yeah. Yeah, that was I, so Chris, tell us a little bit I'm about... Here. Tell us a little bit about one of your funniest, and it don't have to be involving me or John, but if it does, that's fine. But tell us about one of your funniest talk moments. Talk slower, Ronnie. Hey, hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie, talk slower for Chris. He's going to have a hard time understanding it. Talk a little slower. Oh, boy. It's on, Chris. It's on. He's all over you, boy. I hope he didn't put his phone on mute. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Thank you, short boy, Artie. Oh! Whoa. All right. Well, that's original. So, <laughs> so Chris, tell us one of your funny times, man. It can be a call. It can be something that happened to you, something that happened to somebody else. Just tell us one of your funny instances that you can remember that stands out. Hope your cane breaks walking into the shitter, you dickhead. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Shut up, Dave. No, I was just waiting for my turn. Thanks, Shorty, by nature. So uh, there's been so many of them. 
and it's really hard, especially working for you and training under you and uh, being on your ship for quite a while. Um, so many with John as well, uh, training John. It, it, stuff down in South Florida was hilarious. Um, there's so many, but actually what I'd like to refer to is, uh, but of course John tells a better story. Um, John, if you're able to tell the one about the, uh, if you don't mind, the guy that, that he could take you, uh, I'll leave it there so you can tell the story. That, 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 it's one of my one of my favorites. It's, it's pretty darn good. <clears throat> well, me, me and Curtis. Well, this was one of the times, and like you said, you you trained me and another officer that we've mentioned several times on the show, Curtis. Um, he also trained me, and when I first got out of training, I was on their ship. So it was Ronnie, Chris, and Curtis, and myself. And you know, I'm a a new officer, full of piss and vinegar, and I'm going to go save the world. So I end up stopping this one car for doing like 70 and a 45 or something like that, driving an old work van, pull the guy over, and he is just being an, a flaming asshole. And he's giving me all sorts of shit and all that, and I call for a backup unit, and Chris and Curtis, you know, they get there, and I'm dealing with the guy, but he's still getting in my face, yelling and screaming and all that stuff, and... You know, so, but Chris and Curtis get there. So now there's three of us. Now, Chris is what, 6'2", 6'3"? And Curtis yeah, more. It's about 5'2", bent over. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, that's because you've seen him bend over there. Um, and then Curtis is about six foot. you know, both big husky guys. And I'm 5'6", standing on my toes. <laughs> yeah. So He's that husky. He's fucking fat. Oh, sleep. <laughs> Hey. Anyway, go, go ahead. ahead. So, Chris and Curtis get there, and they're like, is there a problem? And like, oh, no, no, everything's fine now. You know, so I get the guy's license. I'm going to write a ticket and all that stuff. And this guy apparently starts running his mouth. And he starts telling Chris and Curtis, oh, that guy's so lucky you guys showed up because you're going to need name ones for him because I was going to kick his ass. But now you two big galoots show up, and I guess that's not going to happen. <laughs> And Chris, I got to give you credit, Chris. You're like, well, we know an ambulance would have been coming, but normally you'd be the one going in the ambulance. Do you have any idea who that guy is? He's like a 10th degree black belt in jujitsu and judo and he's, you know, into Krav Maga. And, you know, normally we just get here and we're just scraping up the bodies. And the guy's like, oh my God. <laughs> Which I'm not a black belt. Yeah. I told him too that you were uh, you were next Navy SEAL and had like most kills in, in the in the history of the SEAL program, and uh, he changed his tune big time. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't the last time the uh, Navy SEALs came came up in my career, was it? Yes, I think I think I uh, I started that one as well, which was pretty funny. If you can tell that tell that story, that, that was, no, know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear you tell the story. We're always on the show. You I tell the you. story. Told you guys, talk slow in the beginning. He didn't get the damn directions. Yeah, yep. Yeah. No, I'm trying. There's just so many. Um, uh, okay, how about the one where the uh, call and uh, old Mike Keneally? Um, <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> but he was at the house, and uh, he was. We were there for an alarm call. And he was checking someone's alarm and. We had some issues with it, false alarms, and he climbs up the ladder. And he's got that deep Boston, uh, whatever, wherever he was from, that deep uh, up north accent. Rhode Island. And, uh, Rhode, Rhode Island, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so he's kind of rough and, and, and loud and everything, and so he gets up the ladder and starts helping, and so all of a sudden he left a big old fart, and he turns around, and then the homeowner was right in his face, right behind him. And she was 16. <laughs> he just turns around instead of saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, and I ate something bad for lunch. My stomach's killing me," or you know, come up with an excuse or something as much as you can. And he just turned around and put his hand over his mouth and said, "Oot." <laughs> and she looks at him and she goes, "Ooh, nasty!" Remember? <laughs> That was terrible, man. I was standing right there, and I'm telling you what, I almost shit myself 
when he did that. And then he just walks off and leaves, man, and leaves us standing there. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, that was terrible. Terrible, terrible. Well, listen, um, both you guys, man, I, I absolutely cherish every single minute that we had together out there on the job. It was great. That's back when the job was actually a hell of a lot of fun. And we could take care of business like it needed to be taken care of. And, you know, we could actually be law enforcement officers, still have a good time. You could chase the son of a bitch till the wheels fell off. You could do that. Right, exactly. You could chase him till your tires fell off to get the bad guy. And, you know, nowadays, unfortunately, you freaking can't do nothing. It's just absolutely ridiculous, you know, which Ronnie, is why society is going to shit. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, I want to say something real quick. You know, we, we were cops back when... You could act like you just said, be a cop. And I, I, I have to say I'm thankful for all the men and women who want to be police officers now. I appreciate what they want to do, and, and I, I pray for them, hope to make it home safe for the rest of their career. But you couldn't pay me a million dollars a month to be a cop right now. There's no damn way in how I'd do it. No, no, nope. nope. absolutely. Chris, you feel the same? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, I miss the, you know, being injured. And, and to speak on what Dave was talking about, um, having to retire, you know, uh, without, like yourself, like, you know, having to retire due to an injury, um, you know, you want to go out the right way with a retirement party, this and that, on your own terms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it was tough when I, you know, I, I did everything I could, had a ton of surgeries, did all this stuff, and, you know, in the hopes of getting back. Um, you still have a penis after all those surgeries? What's that? You still have a penis after all those surgeries? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't interrupt you. you were you were on a roll, man. You were talking how you were really getting into it. Had to kind of break that break yeah. roll. Yeah, that was just, it's just tough. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of it's bittersweet. You know, it's kind of good, but it's kind of bad that I had to go out that way because uh, I grew up in law enforcement. You know, my dad was a cop for 38 years, a deputy, and uh, so it was tough going out that way. Cause I had a lot more to give, but um, yeah, it's it's a lot different now. I'm not sure if I if I'd still be on there now, uh, whether I got in trouble or uh, just uh, not be able to deal with all the stress every day anymore. So I, Ryan, I, was, I, I was screwing with you, buddy, but I, I feel you. I, I agree with you completely. I, I wish we could have gone out on our own terms, but it is what it is. I, I, I believe this sincerely. God has a plan for everything, and there's a reason for everything. You know, maybe something, you know, as I said back where I used to work, something more worser would have happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. No wonder the chief got fired if you wrote that in your speech. <laughs> hey, chief, just hey, tell him that it's going to be worser before it gets better. <laughs> and go, get a, and go, go down to the courthouse to get yourself a conjunction. Oh, my injection. God, dude. Conjunction for injection? Yeah, people, <laughs> we had a memo written to our department. <laughs> tell people that. <laughs> Dude, I had get people plugged down there asking for those. I had people come to our PD and say, <laughs> you know, I was over at such 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 whatever, and um, yeah, the officer at at so and so agency told me I needed to come down here for a conjunction for injection, and I and it's all I could do, dude, to keep from freaking laughing right in their face, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! I said, I know whose ship that was. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that that's freaking unbelievable man that's great well chris listen buddy i know you gotta go um i know you've got a bunch of stuff going on i can't thank you enough for joining the show tonight and for everything you're doing in the warrior and me charity um it, it's absolutely the god it's god's work man and i really appreciate everything you're doing for it glad we got to come out of the cornhole um, event out there and, and uh, show how absolutely horrible we were at Cornhole. Um, but that was a hell of a lot of fun. I had a blast playing and, and doing that. Well, I appreciate it. I got time for one, one more story involving you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's your time. You, you're you good. I mean, some people may not think it's the funniest, but if, if you were there, it was just so funny. So that time when uh, Curtis and I were fighting that guy, um, I think it was like 20 years old or something, and he's like an ex-wrestler, ex-bodybuilder, or weightlifter from, from school and stuff, and play some college ball or something. Anywho, so we're 
he had a felony warrant out for him. And uh, to make a long story short, Curtis and I are fighting with the guy. And um, you're what? You were a little. You were a little broken. You and Curtis were what? I'm sorry. We were fighting the guy. Fighting the guy. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so Ronnie's on his way, and of course uh, we get there. And by the time Ronnie gets there, you know we finally got we pulled this guy up. We finally got him handcuffed and everything like that. So Ronnie pulls on scene. He's like, "What's going on?" It's like, "Okay, we just you know we just got done fighting this guy. He had a felony warrant." So he starts yelling. And he's like, "What are you guys doing?" And, how dare y'all do this? And we're like, I'm looking at Curtis. What's going on? He had a felony warrant. That's why we were out here. And uh, he's like, just give us the business and just starts kind of yelling a little bit. And I'm like, Sarge, what, what's wrong? What, what did we do wrong? He goes, what you did wrong was you didn't, you didn't keep the fight going until I got here so I could jump in. And it, it continues. So while we're doing that, if we're laughing about it, while we're doing that, uh, one of our other officers, uh, he, he gets a... Uh, he, he stopped the car or whatever, and he's involved in a full physical fight as well. I think there was like three occupants. So he was in a fight with two or three people. And um, so Ronnie, I'll uh, try to say it, but i use the police code. You know, Ronnie you know, basically gets on the radio and says, uh, you know, Lake Berry, I just got done fighting one guy. Uh, oh, no, that, sorry, that was the one he actually did get in the fight. No, that's uh, the one where we had to fight the dude, and we had to hog time and throw him in the back of your car, and then I had to haul ass to bat. You're, yeah, that's right. That's right. This because there's, there's been so many, I lose track. Yeah, that was a midnight shift. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, because you were fighting, you were fighting this guy, or we were, and then you said, "Lake Mary, I just got done fighting one. I'm on my way to fight another few more. I'm fighting fight the rest of them." Or something like that. There's the experience of your voice. You know, being a sergeant, you got two fights going on. You know, you got the, you know, uh, your young officers that are on the shift, and uh, you know, raising cane, and you know. It was, it was just so funny hearing you, you know, you like kind of get mad in a joking way. Like, you know, y'all can't, you know, wait till I'm done. You know, you know, you know kind of keep it going. So I, I couldn't stand it, man. I wanted, I wanted to be in, in the middle of all them fights, man. I could not stand my guys getting in a fight without me. I hated it. That's why we called you the road warrior. Sorry I got the two cases mixed up, but we had so many fights. We had so many stuff. But real quick, like the one where uh, I pulled over, I ran a tag, and it was like a, um, it came up with a single eight in the car. She matched the description. Of the passenger, I left the missing person. Yeah, missing, missing person. person. <laughs> Thank you, PIO. Sorry about that. Sorry, <laughs> Got to report the news, man. Got to report the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it got worse for her because uh, oh. so we, we pulled the car over, and Ronnie gets there, and this guy's just do this, oh, oh, do this, do that, do this. He goes, quit calling me, dude. He says, all right, dude. But he yanks this guy with his seatbelt on out of the car, the driver's window, undoes the seatbelt uh, while he's yanking him out of the car, throws him on the ground, and uh, so we uh, we cuff him and everything. But you know, just the, they kept calling you dude the whole time, and, and you're like, quit calling me dude, man. <laughs> you know, he's like, whatever, dude. <laughs> he yanked him out of the car. <laughs> yeah, because the girl, <laughs> the girl's parents had reported, the girl's parents had reported the car stolen. And, and yeah. you, you found the car, remember, when we stopped him, we were ordering him out of the car, and he goes, I'm all right, dude, I ain't getting out of the car, dude. And I said, I ain't your dude, you better get out of the goddamn car. And he goes, come on, dude, I ain't getting out of the car, I don't have to get out of the car. That was it. We reinvented birth through the through the freaking window. Screw that shit. Oh, that was great. Hey, w one more thing, Roddy, before I go, if you don't mind. Yep. You, you have to tell, please tell the story of the shop. Two to three o'clock in the morning. Okay. All right. All right. Please. You know that's my favorite. One of my we're, favorite. we're out at the shops of Lake Mary, which is a small plaza. And we're standing there and there's nobody around. It's like three o'clock in the morning. We're the only people in the entire parking lot. And we're standing there. And I ripped a fart, dude. And I was sit standing with my ass up against the police car. And it vibrated and reverbed off of that freaking metal fender. And, I mean, it was the loudest part I ever heard in my entire life. And I look at Chris, and I said, wouldn't that be some shit if that thing set off one of these alarms? And he started laughing, and then we get in the car, and we leave. And within 30 seconds, we get an alarm call at that goddamn business that we were standing in front of. And I'm telling you, we pulled up. We couldn't even answer the radio to go en route. We just, I mean, it was just like click, 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 click. We couldn't even talk. We were laughing so hard. We pull up, Chris about falls out of his goddamn police car. 
I'm laughing so hard. If if somebody would have wanted to kill us, that would have been the time because I had tears running down my eyes. But well, you knew laughing. there was no one there because you were just there. I was just there, and and never in a million years, man, never in a million years. So, um, meanwhile, while you guys are laughing about a fart, we're busting our ass in my little town. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what, what was great about that is. Stanford did five times the amount of work if he got paid five times more. That's even better. I know, right? <laughs> That's awesome, Chris. Well, thanks for the memories, my friend. I know you got to run and, and go do a bunch of stuff. I appreciate you joining us, brother, and we will have you back on real soon. Thank you. Uh, again, love the show, and I uh, love you all, you big galoots. Dave, take yeah. care, my friend. All right, we'll see you, Chris. We, we love you too, buddy. We'll right. talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. All right, bye-bye. Um, real quick here, um, so that I don't forget. Bye bye. I'm, I'm trying we're not. What kind of hang up is that? Bye bye. Come on, dude. Shut up. I'm talking. All right. So, um, a good friend of mine, Kat um, O'Connor, wanted me to share this. Um, we are raising money for our fallen officers, Rainer, White, and Webb families with a remor uh, memorial um, WOD hosted by CrossFit 386 located behind Port Orange Post Office. The WOD starts at 0900 9 a.m. tomorrow. Every skill level is welcome. Well, uh, we'll even have a walking group for those that can't CrossFit. It's free, but of course donations are encouraged. All proceeds go to the families of those three officers that have passed. Um, if you get there, come and see um, Kat O'Connor. Just ask for her. It's in the comments here. Please read the comments and you can get the information right there. Thanks, Kat. No, no problem. Um, I grew up with her. We've known each other since we were both probably about 10 years old. Um, great lady. Both and Her husband served and I believe one of her brothers served. And just for our audience, I know it doesn't look like it. I only know this because my friends on Facebook who do CrossFit, so I know what WOD is, but that is workout of the day. Okay, there you go. But Thank you. I don't do it too often, and I don't think Ronnie does it too often, but that's what it is. Yeah, I do. Workout. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, that's about nine ounces right there. I'm going to lift it three times. Okay, I'm done. I think I might work a beer out. Yeah, so here we go. I'd love to see you do that. <laughs> While you're drinking your beer, I'd love to see your two fat asses doing CrossFit. Yeah, well, you'd be right there with us, but they don't make bars that short. All right, so here we're going to step school. We're going to do our beer moment. So go ahead, John. Tell us a little bit about the beer. Beer sure. moment. Hold on. Beer moment. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be trying Stugel Flugel. Which is made by the Half Wall Brewery. I don't know if you can um, see that. Probably not. But anyway, the brewery itself, I believe, is in New Smyrna, but it is also um, same company that owns the Half Wall Restaurant in the Land. Oh, awesome! I love that place. Um, and it's an American IPA. I have never had it. And uh, we got these at Kenny's Grocery. Um, which is located at 1792 and French Avenue, right there if you're going to Blue Springs. Stop by, get a six-pack, or on your way home from Blue Springs, stop get by, get a six-pack, or more. They got over 350 uh, craft beers there, huge variety. Um, we're trying to... And our Juggo Dips. Ah, yes. <laughs> Probably the best prices on uh, alcohol and... Uh, Okay, so it's it, it's hazy for sure, yeah. and it's a dark hazy. I'm glad we're showing the people what it looks yeah. like. So that's that's a good idea. So, dark hazy. So, but because there's so much uh, head on it, I'm gonna drink this right out of the can. But cheers, brother. What's cheers. wrong with a little head? What the hell's the matter with you? Hey, I love a little head. No, yeah, well, I like a lot of head. So here we go. How about you, Dave? You like a lot of head? I certainly do. It wouldn't. <laughs> On your beer, that's what Make I'm talking about. You all knew that. I just got a little taste of it. There's a little fruitiness to it, a citrus flavor. Yeah, I had some. I had a bunch of oranges. That might be what it tastes like today. Oh. 
Oh, you dirty dog. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. It's, that, a, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good beer. It's got a hoppiness to it. It does, but I think it tastes more more like a seltzer. No. I, I, I don't, it's not the beer coming through. It's more like a, in, in my opinion, it's not a bad flavor. No, it's not bad. It actually, um, it, it tastes like there's, it tastes like another beer and I can't think of what the hell it is. It's not super cold, so maybe that's Yeah, the that's it. probably why the, the head is so bad. Um, <laughs> Sorry guys, it cracks me up every time he says the head. <laughs> anyway. The foamy part. More on the balls, more on the balls. <laughs> All right, um, so let's let's review or let's uh, give it a, a rating. What do you think? I'm gonna give it a a six. I'm gonna give it a, a five. Yeah, it, maybe if it was ice cold, it would be a little better, but it's kind of almost room well, temperature. Whose fault is that? It's John's fault. Whose fault he, is that? John's fault. So I always blame him for everything. Yes, it, it's my fault because Ronnie doesn't have a cooler or a refrigerator oh, no, in his bar. I have plenty of coolers. Um, he actually brought a cooler with no ice. Seriously. Okay, there you go. That, that Seriously. That's the problem right there. That's okay. Good. So anyway, appreciate you bringing the beer. Um, we are going to definitely have to put that in some ice yeah. or something to cool it off. But yeah, I'll give it a, you know, I'll give it a five. I, I'm starting to like the beer that has a little more hoppy. Mm -hmm. it used to, I hated it. I, any, if it had any of that hoppy, I, I couldn't stand it. Um, but anyway, I still like my beer from last week better. You weren't here, unfortunately, or from last yeah. show. Smooth <coughs> Sale Summer Ale. Good beer for the Well, beer. I actually had to go to Kenny's today um, and get my wife some of the Dude, which we tried uh, two shows ago. Was that the... Uh, yeah, that's one with Camille. The Milk Stout? Yeah, the Milk Stout. Ooh, I love Milk Stout, that man. That's good, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Hey, that little coffee flavor. Right. Actually, even my wife, who hates beer, 100% hates beer, she actually said, that's not bad. But um, anyway. Yeah, because I, I bought a six-pack and um, gave it to some people who came over and gave some to my wife. She's like, oh, that's good. And then she's like, hey, can you get me some more? <laughs> okay. So, um, Chris, now that he's not here, I can talk about him. <laughs> he, uh, his number forever was 22. And we had this dispatcher that liked to do um, needlepoint. Wow. Easy. Oh. No, this was a man, okay, or a, or a young man, and he liked to do needlepoint, okay? And I know Vicky's listening right now, and she knows who I'm talking about, but... Um, so we would run around and we would find tags and Chris found a damn tag that actually said so time, S-E-W-T-I-M-E, so time. And he ran that damn tag and it actually came back to something because I wasn't with him when he ran it. And I'm like, oh, this is going to come back. No record. And it actually came back to somebody and I'm telling you, I almost crashed my goddamn car laughing. And I, and I get with him, and I go, where the hell did you make that tag? And he goes, dude, it passed me so time. I could not believe it, because we're always making fun of this guy for doing needlepoint. And uh, we said, yeah, I think when he's doing needlepoint, he must have had a, a tutu on in there, because Chris's number was 22. So every time I'd call Chris on the radio, I'd say 5 to or 9 to 2-2. Two -two. <laughs> so... We had we had some great times, man. It was it was unbelievable. Um, I, I sure do miss it. I, I, again, I wouldn't go back for all the tea in China, no way in hell. But uh, I sure do miss it. So, um, we have any news for tonight? I know Camille's our news guy, but uh, you got any? Well, I mean, I, I think we can. Uh, I, I don't have any news prepared. Um, oh, of course you don't. Why would you? Well, because Camille was supposed show. to do this, and he, he let us know about 5 o'clock that it was going to make it. Yeah, unfortunately, he, he couldn't make it tonight. But uh, um, I'm looking at, at the uh, thing from last week. But anyway, so, you know, current events, 
from what I'm hearing now, um, what was it the other day? They were just talking about the new thing that's going to pass. Um, oh, we already talked about that. Oh, this is what happens when we get older. Yeah, in California, where they're going to re- make them release right. all of their... Their, Public um, records. No, and, their um, yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah, social, social media. All accounts. their social media account information is going to have to be released, or they won't be able to be hired. And, and if you're employed there, you have to release it as part of a public records request. Right. Right. So, so you happen to work there, and they, you know, someone gets annoyed with you, and I mean. Dave, you can attest to this more, more than we can, um, because your agency dealt with complaints on a, you know, very routine basis. Um, I'm pretty sure most of them were entirely baseless. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, you're um, right. But you know, I mean, in your agency, um, basically anyone comes in and files a complaint, they they immediately open an internal affairs investigation. Correct. That's exactly what we did. If you had a complaint, uh, we took it and ran with it. That's what our administration wanted, and that's exactly what we did. And baseless you know, or not, we still had to investigate it. But, correct, but it doesn't matter if it was found to be totally unfounded. It's still in your file as a uh, as an investigation. You were investigated for excessive force. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's it. And then the media, we, we listen. We would get, I'm not getting there after. We would get requests from the media for other people's backgrounds. They would look at that stuff. Hey, this guy's been investigated three times for X, Y, Z. All that was all unfounded or baseless. That's what the outcome was. They still used it against the officers. I found I, that was horrible. But anyhow, go ahead. I mean, but they never mentioned the fact that the complaints were unfounded and completely cleared. Oh no, all the media says is he's had seven complaints for, you know, excessive force or for, you know, whatever it was. They never say that every single one of those he was cleared on and they were baseless. Correct. Oh, here's here. Okay. This is what I want to talk about. Sherry, thanks for tuning in. She just reminded me. DeBerry Diner. Ah. There you go. The Berry Diner. I don't know if you've heard, Dave, but there's a little diner in DeBerry, and the guy... I've been there. It's a great diner. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, the owner, the owner's husband, and he's part owner, is Rick Stacy from 105.9. Morning show. Greatest morning show. Morning show. Yeah, in the freaking world. I listen to it every single morning. I love it. Well, his wife, Angie who is a, just an absolute sweetheart, she put a sign on the front of her um, business. It's her business. She owns it. She can say whatever the hell she wants. And I'm going to, I'm going to, do you remember exactly what it says? If not, just paraphrase. I don't know exactly what it said. What it was basically was, if you voted for and or still support the idiot in the White House who caused the deaths of these 13 people, in Afghanistan, please take your business elsewhere. Yeah, and she didn't use the word idiot, but yes, as a paraphrase, she said, you know, basically, yes, the the inept leadership the, that is in it. the White House. Right. And uh, I don't have the actual picture of it, but he, he paraphrased it very well. And I'm telling you right now, it went absolute ape shit on Facebook. There are people sending them death threats. They are, there's people that live in freaking Hawaii, or I'm sorry, in Alaska, that have gone on to their Facebook page and said, oh, I work there and the kitchen is greasy and it's dirty and it's nasty and you don't want to eat anything in there. They live in freaking Alaska. Right. They've never worked there. Maybe, maybe it is greasy, but they got damn good food, I can tell you that. Well, they got damn good food. I will tell you, I mean, I didn't know about the, the social media aspect of it. I know I know it's gone viral, and they've been all over Fox oh, News. Oh, every news stuff. channel in the world. But I will tell you that they did close yesterday. Yeah, they ran out of food. They ran out of food. 
They ran out of food the so, last two days because everybody <coughs> and their brother went in there to get something to eat. And because they're supporting the shit out of them. And I wrote a little thing on there that I support them. You know, as a, as a retired law enforcement officer, I support the hell out of them. And thank you for what they've done. And, uh, oh my God, I had to freaking hear about it. I had to... This, this guy went off on me. Of course, he didn't want to use his real name. He had some surname, or I mean some, what do you call it, um, when you use a Pseudonym? A is that what it is? That's a false name, yes. Okay, Thank pseudonym. You. And I said, oh, okay, just like the other snowflakes, you know, you're going to freaking uh, use a pseudonym, or you don't even want to use your real name. I said, okay there, keyboard hey, cowboy. Hey, Ryan, you know something? It's like, and please work back. Well, it still goes on today. But you go to anybody's store, it's a personally owned store, or even a, a chain store. If the manager or the proprietor, the owner of the business, doesn't want to serve you a gallon of milk or sell you a shirt, that's private property. That probably belongs to the business owner. They can ask you to leave their property. You don't have to go there. You know what I mean? They can ask you to leave. In fact, like she can post whatever she wants on her wall. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. If and you, you don't know like what? It, don't go there. It's like if you don't want to see naked women, don't go to a strip club. Same thing. Thank you. you. Absolutely. And if you don't want to see, you know, short men wrestle with themselves, don't go to Dave's house. I mean, it's it's very simple. You know? <laughs> but uh, if you don't want to see fat guys, you know, trying to get in and out of the bathtub, don't come to my house. I mean, you know, whatever. So anyway, my God, I, I can't I can't unsee that. I've just saw a mental picture of that, and I can't unsee that now. <laughs> Everybody is thrown up in their mouth at this struggling. point. So anyway, get out of the bathtub. It's breaking the fog with spigot off, trying to get out of the bathtub. <laughs> so anyway, if if we if we ha or if you have a chance, and you live in the area, um, and they can keep food in the restaurant, please go by. And if you agree, if you don't agree, then don't go by. Whatever. But if you <clears> agree, you know, or you want to show them a little support, please go by the DeBerry Diner and show them some patronage. You know, just drop in, if, if anything else, have a glass of tea and say, we support you 100%. Um, I'll tell you what, they got a hell of a patty melt and they serve a lot of um, uh, Greek food. They have a lot of Greek food in there. Um, gyros, gyros, however you want to say it. Gyro. Gyro. Um, so they've got a lot of great stuff. So anyway, go by there and see them if you get a chance. All right. Um, I don't have any other news at this point other than um, Dave just um, got his membership back to the NAMBLA. <laughs> and uh, I think you're a card-carrying member now, right? You've been talking to John. Oh, no, I can't say his last name. You've been talking to that. <laughs> yeah, but which that one is he, the man or the boy? He's the, he's the man. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure if the height requirement was, you know. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, that's it. Anyway, <laughs> um, we did have, hold on, hold on. breaking news, breaking, breaking news. news. Where the hell is it? Okay. Um, one of the, one of it, the things that we brought up with was, um, what are the biggest changes over the last 20 or 30 years in law enforcement? And I'll start. I think the biggest change over the last 30 years, obviously, is body cameras. Uh, we didn't have that shit when I started this job 35, that job 35 years ago, now 37 years ago. Uh, we didn't have body cameras. We didn't have tasers. We didn't have pepper spray. They gave us a PR-24, and it always stayed in the goddamn car because it beat you to death if you had to go chase somebody. Um, and, and you had your hands, your wits, and you talked your way either out of or into situations, depending on what type of cop you were. And we didn't have body cameras, and we didn't have tasers. And if you were a cop, you had to be a strapping individual who could take care of themselves. Man or woman, didn't matter. Um, but you couldn't be this little five-foot-tall, freaking hundred-pound man or woman easy, easy. that went out there... And you're 110, to, Dave. And okay, give me give me 10 pounds. Tried to be a cop and couldn't take care of yourself. It, it didn't work. 
And I tell you what, FHB, back when my brother started there in 1984, yeah, 84, um, they actually had a requirement, and part of their academy was boxing. And Jersey and State you, Police were the same way. There you go. And you had to actually box against other candidates or cadets in there, and you got your ass beat. And you had to be a minimum, I think it was either 5 foot 10, five, ten or, or 6 foot tall, and you had to be, and if you were a female, I think the minimum was 5'8 or 5'7, something like that. But you had to be able to take care of yourself. And I think the problem is, is because we want to be equal to everyone, and I'm not saying that there ain't some 5 foot tall males or females out there that couldn't whoop my ass, because I'm sure there are, but... We rely on all these weapons, and we rely on these tasers, and we rely on this, and we rely on that. And the first thing they do when they get in their ass beat, if their taser doesn't, if it fails or whatever, instead of going hands-on and taking care of business, they pull their goddamn gun out and they shoot. And I'm not saying it's their fault. They're trying to save their own life. It's not their fault. It's society's fault for allowing this to happen. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, Ron. Yep. Let me say it real quick before I forget it. Absolutely. Forget it. You know, you're, you're, you're talking about uh, defending yourself and whatnot. Well, back in the day, years ago, nobody really wanted to kill the cop. They just wanted to get away. Um, right. Now, there were a few, you know, that wanted to kill the cop, like, my, you know, Hugh Thomas back in 1989. But, yeah. And... And Gene Gregory. You know, that, that was there. But for the most part, I agree with you, for the most part, nobody really wanted to kill the cops, so you didn't really have to worry about shooting them. You just had to be able to fight them and, and try and hang on until some help got there so we could get them in cuffs. But, you know, it, it definitely has changed. Nowadays, people are more, um, they don't have any respect for law. None. Enforcement. And None. And they don't have any respect for people that wear the uniform. And None. that's what's changed. Well, that, that's, that's what I was going to say is... It's respect for the uniform and or trust in the uniform. Because, like I said a couple of shows ago, unfortunately nowadays, if, it, if it's not on video, it didn't happen. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're so, absolutely so right. So we don't, we don't believe the officer until he can prove that it happened. He or she can prove it happened. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times the evidence just isn't there. Yeah. You know, but they used to rely on an officer's word. Well, and, and it, they should be able to. And and not just an officer. You right. used to be able to rely on a man or a woman's word as their bond. If they told you, I'm going to come over and I'm going to build whatever, your shed or whatever, for two of your chickens. The man showed up, he built your damn shed, you gave him two chickens... And it was the word was his bond, or the woman came over, she sewed an entire dress or whatever. And I'm talking back in the, you know, way back in the day, but back when you first started law enforcement. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know what or I'm saying. Quick I mean, it's, service. You, you what? Come over and give you a quick service. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I promised Vicky. I got to tell this last story, and I forgot about it until she just popped in. Um, and and oh, by the way, thank you, Mrs. Taylor, um, Chris's mom. She popped in and said, "Great show, thank you, Mrs. Taylor. We thank appreciate you. you for for popping in. Um, please pop in a little more often." All right, so I got to tell this story. So me and and Steve Shea, we we got this guy. Well, Steve had this guy stopped, and it's me and my dad. We show up and the guy's drunk. Now this guy is six foot eight and probably three hundred and ninety pounds, three eighty. And he has these goddamn shoes on, and they look like something out of the Wizard of Oz, one of the freaking munchkins. I mean, they've got the little curl <laughs> on the end of them. You know, they're pointed up like this and they're tiny little shoes. And, and and Steve's got him out, and Steve's doing the damn field sobriety test. So it's Steve's car, the bad guy car up here. Did Steve pass? Yeah. <laughs> and Steve's doing, in between the two cars, he's doing the field sobriety, right? So me and my dad, we're standing behind, you know, the bad guy way back, behind my car. 
And he starts doing these damn field sobriety tests, and his high-pitched voice, I mean higher than any of us could, even probably even higher than my wife could go, and he's singing the commands. Every time Steve would give him a command, you know, I need you to count 1 to 30. 1 to 30! And I mean, it's super, super high. And he's doing the walk and turn, and he's walking down the line, and I wish you could see me, Dave, but he's walking down the line, and the whole time he's walking down the line, he's doing his hands every step. He's doing like this. And I look at my dad, and Dave, you remember my dad. And yep. I, and I look at, I look at, <laughs> I look back at Steve, and I go, I seen a horse fly. I seen a house fly. And then I, and, and, and I go, how about you, Dad? And he goes, I've been done seen about everything when I seen the elephant fly. Because this guy was fucking huge, and, he's, and he starts doing this. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Steve turns around on camera now. He's on the freaking car camera. He turns around, he walks beyond the camera, and he cups his mic, and he goes, Stop it, goddammit, I can't keep a straight face up here. I'm dying. <laughs> it was freaking great, man. It was great. I'm telling you, we had such a good damn time, man. It was awesome. You can't get away with that nowadays. Man. No, you can't. You can't. You, you can't go out and be a cop and have fun. No, and this guy was so drunk. I'm telling you, he couldn't hardly stand up. He was so drunk. I mean, bad drunk. But anyway, Steve probably saved somebody's life getting him getting him off the road. But he was he was hammered. And then the fun part was trying to get him in the back of a damn Crown Vic at 390 pounds and six foot eight. Oh my God, we had to turn him sideways and handcuff him in front. We we couldn't get him in the back. It was it was wow, crazy. But uh, we I'm not gonna say where it was. We had to throw some fat ass in the back of an ambulance to get him to jail. Couldn't get him in a damn. It wouldn't fit the car. <laughs> well, I That's can't. Like, uh, bro, <laughs> I need you over here, bro. Do you got arrested? What the heck? You got going off? Did you hear? Did you it's hear? It's almost you wanted to say, huh? Did you hear what John said? He said, Ronnie, you got arrested. <laughs> Freaking jerks. Oh, God. I'm here for you, Dave. I got your back. Y'all can kiss my ass. Yeah, we don't got enough time. It takes us a week. <laughs> well, anyway, listen, that's going to wrap up the show tonight. We're running a little bit over, and that's fine. Um, I, I want to thank Dave and Chris for being here. I think it gave us a little bit of uh, different perspective from a couple of different folks that's been out here doing the job. Dave is a very, Dave and Chris are very, very close friends of ours, and they will be on the show quite a, quite a bit, um, you know, just popping in and, and laughing and joking with us, because that's what this show's all about. It's about having fun, it's about having a good time, telling some old war stories, and, uh, you know, just that's how we survived the badge, guys. That's how we survived it, was to lean on our friends, laugh and joke and cut up a little bit. You know, it wasn't at anybody but our own expense, and uh, that's how you get through that job. But uh, also to uh, hopefully educate those of you who are not in law enforcement. Um, so send us questions or if you have anything you want us to cover. Um, but we'd like to educate you and help you understand what it's like to be on this side of the badge. Absolutely. Um, and tell your friends to, to like the page and give us feedback on what you want us to cover. And don't forget, guys, um, our YouTube listeners, please don't forget to like and subscribe and hit that little bell down there to get notifications for whenever we upload a new video. Hopefully soon when we get going a little bit and we get, you know, a few more donations and this and that, we're going to get some little better equipment so we can actually go back to going live on YouTube. Um, but due to certain situations and some equipment we have, it's really hard to do a live Facebook feed and a YouTube feed at the same time, um, given the equipment we have. But anyway, we love it. Dave, thank you so much, my brother. Appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Dave. I had a good time. I had a good time, guys. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. We will see you next week, or actually in two weeks. I'm sorry, two weeks. And um, when is that? Is that going to be... Hold on. I know I'm old. Be the drop. You do it say, hey, mic drop, bitches. Konnichiwa, <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks will be the 17th. We were going to do a little 9-11 thing tonight, but without Camille being here, 
we'll have to do it post 9-11, but we will have a little bit of, uh, you know, some stuff and, and a salute to them. Um, but uh, for all those who gave, gave it all in 9-11, here's to you. God bless. Say a prayer for you and your families. Thank you for being there and going through what you did. Salute.